for so many reasons. Good evening. Tonight we're learning Maseches, Sachet, Daf, Yud Beis, and as well, most of Daf Yud Gimel Amenal, it is a Thursday night after all. Uh, for this Daf, more than others, I just wanted to give some Dibri Hakdama. As well, there's an outline here on the front shender if anybody wants to see the summary. It's also included in the Google Doc that I sent, but it, it really does help. Just so that you know, the entire Yud Beis Manal is prepping for a question. The entire Yud Beis Manal. No, it's not complex, but you just have to know, you have to like hang in until we get to the question. Uh, and I'll preface in the following way. Let's say in a secular court of law, so they bring someone to the stand as a witness and they say, tell me what you saw. And they say, you know, I saw person X shoot person Y um, on day on day two, whatever it was. So in halacha, we have to decide how we embrace that. And let's say there's a conflicting witness who says, no, no, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't on day two, it was on day three. So do those, they, they're mutually exclusive. Someone's got to be wrong. So what we're going to do first is analyze what our margin of error is between witnesses as it relates to ours. So let's say I said that the, the shooting was at 3 p.m. and you said the shooting was at 5 p.m. If we're a pair of witnesses, do we ruin each other? What is considered a discrepancy in time that is so meaningful that we ruin each other's testimony and therefore we're no longer witnesses? And then once we figure out what is a meaningful discrepancy in time, we're gonna ask if people make a mistake in time by that amount, well, then what about by Vigas Chamans? Because the Mishnah that we just learned on Yud, Beis, on Yud Aleph from Yud says that Rav Meir says that you're allowed to eat Chamans in the fifth hour, but not in the sixth. Well, let's say that people by nature deviate in time by two hours. Well, then maybe we shouldn't be eating in the fifth hour. We should be restricted in the fifth hour. So what we're basically doing is we're going to jump into the world of testimony of Edus and the deviations of uh, devi the standard of deviation of time. And then we're going to extract from there back to our world of Vikas Hametz to see whether or not we can learn from one to the next. Hope that made sense. Okay. Here we go. Um, uh, we'll start again from the Gimel Mem, from the Gemara, one third of the way down. This is a Mishnah from Masechah Sanhedrin that we will be referring to for much of the day today. It's not. The Mishnah in Masechah Sanhedrin says as follows. Tanan Hassan. Echad Omer Bishnayim B'chodesh. One person says, I saw a capital crime take place on the second day of the month. Echad Omer Bishlosha. The halacha is edus and kayemis. If I say that the the the, the murder took place on um, on this on Bay's kislev, and you say it happened on gimel kislev, that's fine because one of them knows how the months are established, and one of them doesn't. So the amharet, the guy is like, whatever, it's it's gimel. It's not really gimel. He just doesn't know how to count. He does he doesn't know the halachos of how to establish the month. Okay, that's case one. What would happen then if it's Echad Omer Bishlosha, one said it was on the third of the month, Be'echad Omer Behei, and the other one says, no, it wasn't, on, it wasn't on the third of the month, it was on the fifth of the month, that Edusim Betela. If they come in as a pair, we, we totally throw them out, goodbye. Your, your timing is off. There's no way that, that one of you could say day three, and one of you could say it was the fifth of the month and that you're both right. Uh, just an unacceptable measure. Now that's talking about days of the month. Let's drill down to hours. Here we are. We're on the the first, the, la, the, the last short line on Yadal from the base. Says the Gemara, Echad Omer shows. One person said that the crime happened in hour two. The Echad Omer shows. And one person said it happened in hour three. Edusan Kayemis. That is considered an acceptable deviation of time. If we're off by an hour, and we will drill in as to exactly whether or not this is an hour, because some say yes, some say no. Um, so if our deviation of time, we walk in the room as a pair, I say the capital crime took place at 2 p.m. You say the capital crime took place at at 3 p.m. 
The halacha is edus and kayamis. We accept their testimony. However, what happens if there's a two-hour deviation in time between my testimony and yours? I say, and we're at the first of the longest lines here, Echad Omer Bishalosh, one person says that the capital crime took place at hour three. The Echad Omer Bishamesh, and the other person said it's at five, that's a machlokes. Edus and Betela Dibe Reb Meir. Reb Meir holds that that Edus is not okay. A two-hour deviation is not considered a reasonable deviation. Okay, that's considered too much. And that will undo the testimony and it will all fall apart. And then Reb Yehuda Omer Edus and Kemesh. Reb Yehuda says, I do accept the two-hour gap in time. I do think that two hours is reasonable. If I, I, I don't have my watch on me, I'm watching a crime happen. You say, what time is it? You're like, well, I thought I'm shopping. I guess it's around nine. <laughs> so Rabbi Huda is like, a person can easily make a two hour mistake. So therefore, if my agus is that the capital crime took place at 3 p.m. and your, your statement is that the capital crime took place at 5 p.m., Rabbi Huda says that's still considered reasonably good data. And we accept this set of witnesses. Third line of the wide lines. However, even Rabbi Yehuda, who accepts a two-hour deviation in time, when that two-hour deviation in time goes past Chatzos, past the middle of the day, when the um, when I say I'm I'm part one, right? I'm I'm witness number one. I say it happened at uh, it happened at 11 a.m. And your witness number two you said no, no, no. It happened at 1 p.m. And halachic Chatzos was in the middle. Halachic, not just noon. But like actually, when the when the sun was directly above, so then the halacha is edus and betela. Why the uh, Mishnah there quoted here? The Mishnah on Sanhedrin gives a reason. Remember, we live in a different culture. We don't look up at the sun to find out what direction we're facing most often. When we need to daven and, and it's nighttime, we, we look where the sun's setting. But says the Gemara back in the day, if I were to say as witness number one that the crime took place at five at, at uh, the fifth hour at eleven a.m. And you said it happened at 1 p.m., the seventh hour. So then that means the sun, let's say that I'm center here. So the sun at sunrise, up, 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 hour one, two, three, four, five. Hour six is dead above, straight above you. And hour seven is already in the Western sky. So says the Gemara, there, that, that it may be a two hour gap. And normally Rabbi Yehuda embraces a two hour gap. But when the two hour gap is from the sun being in the Eastern sky, to the sun being in the Western sky, uh, that is the closed scene here. We are now done with this Mishnah, but we are really not done because we have a lot to analyze in this Mishnah. And now what we're going to do is as follows. As you see on the sheets, there are three sheets here. There's a, two sheets of Abaye. There's Abaye 1 and Abaye 2. And then Rava is going to totally knock uh, Rav, Abaye out of the water. Rava will knock Abaye out of the water, and then we will be left with only Rava. And let's do Abaye number 1. Amar Abaye, four lines into the wide lines, Yudalaf Umid Beis. Amar Abaye. Chitim Salomar, when you analyze this Mishnah from Sanhedrin, here is approach number one, says Abaye, of how I understand things. Ladivri Reb Meir, I could argue that according to Reb Meir, ain Adam Toa Veloklum. We assume within Reb Meir, in Abaye number one, that maybe people don't ever err when it comes to, to, to knowing what time it is. Everyone seems to just know what time it is. And when someone would go to Besdin and they would say a time, we never assume that there's an error there. We'll have to see how that's true. That's how um, Abaye number one understood Rav Meir in the, Mish in the Mishnah and Sanhedrin. The Rav Yehuda, Ladibi Rav Yehuda, Adam Toa He says, no, according to Rav Yehuda, the average error, the standard deviation in time is 30 minutes. If you ask me what time it is, I'll always, I will potentially be off by up to 30 minutes, but no more. Good. 
Now, let's explain how each half of Abaya number one makes sense. We're first going to explain what he said about Rav Meir, that we don't make errors in time. And then we're going to explain Rav Yehuda that there's a 30-minute deviation. Ledivre, Rav Meir, people don't make mistakes about time. So in our Mishnah and Sanhedrin that we just saw, everyone seemed to agree that in a case where I said as witness one, that the crime took place at hour two, and when you said hour three, everyone held they do San Kayemes. Everyone held that the Aedus was good. The testimony was valid. How? How does that work if we say that Rav Meir says people don't make a mistake in time? So says the Gemara. Ledibri Rav Meir, 10 lines from the bottom. Ledibri Rav Meir, Enadam Tovalo Klum. What does Rav Meir mean? How does, how does he understand the mission in Sanhedrin when he says that there's no mistakes? It's very simple. Misa, Kihava, when did this crime actually take place? It happened in one singular moment in time, as we left the second hour, and as we were going into the third hour. Now, to be clear, we're just going to assume a perfect day of sunrise is at six and sunset is at nine. So our uh, hour one is our zero, basically going from, from six to seven and seven to eight and eight to nine. So we're talking about someone who claimed hours two and hours three. So that's what we're talking about here. So says the Gemara, at that time, here's what you had. That's not the right line. The episode, the capital crime, took place at the end of the second hour, beginning of the third. And when the Mishnah and Sanhedrin, when witness number one said, I testified that it happened in hour number two, he meant that it was happening at the end of hour number two. And the person who said the third hour, So, Let's say that uh, you have here, uh, you have hour, one hour here and one hour here, but everyone's really hovering around the same minute. I'm at the end of hour two and you're at the beginning of hour three. It's mamish the same time, says, uh, says the Gemara in the name of Rav Meir. This is all Abayi number one, who says that Rav Meir holds that there is no such thing as making an error in time. And again, Abayi number one, to finish out his thought, how does Rav Yehuda say, how does the math work out according to Rav Yehuda within the Mishnah from Sanhedrin, Maisa, what actually took place? Maisa Kihava, when was the capital crime actually happening? The Palga da Arbahaba. That's happening in halfway through the fourth hour in the day. So if sun rises at six, the fourth hour of the day is uh, is going to be, it'll be the beginning of the fourth hour is in the night. So this crime took place at 9.30 in the morning. So that's Kipalga da Arba, halfway to, toward the fourth hour. The Haidek Amar Shalosh, the Sof, Haidek Amar Shalosh, and when it says, when witness number one said, I saw this took place in the third hour, he meant Bisov Shalosh. He said it happened at the end of the third hour. Really, it happened halfway through the fourth hour, but he was off by 30 minutes. So he said, he said the crime took place at 8.59. He was wrong. The crime took place at 9.30. So he was just off by 30 minutes in line with Rabbi Huda's deviation of the way people look at time. When the second witness said that Really, um, no, this didn't take place at uh, this didn't take place at the third hour, it took place at the fifth hour. That was Betrilas Chamesh. That second witness meant that it took place in the earlier part of the fifth hour, the Katoi And he was a half hour late to the game because really the crime, as mentioned, took place at 4:30. So that's where the deviation is because the way the Rabbi Huda understands the Mishnah and Sanhedrin is that the crime took place at 4:30. The person who said the witness number one who said the crime took place at three meant the end of that hour, which was 30 minutes before 4.30. And the opinion, the second witness who said that the crime took place at the fifth hour, he said it was really in the fifth hour, he was a half hour late. 
So that's a, that's a deviation on each side. Each witness was off by a half hour. All of this is Abaye number one. And now let's learn Abaye number two. You can look at this in the notes here. It says here, Abaye number one, Reb Meir, no discrepancy allowed in testimony. No, Reb Yehuda, 30 minutes is allowed. That's how we understand Abaye number one as we try to extract this information from the Mishnah and Sanhedrin. Abaye number two, Ika Amre, five lines from the bottom, Yud Aleph Umud Beis. Ika Amre, there are those who say, that Omar Abayi had a different approach. When we look in the Mishnah from Sanhedrin about which testimonies are acceptable and not, then we have a different way to understand Rav Meir and Rav Yehuda. Here's how we understand Rav Meir and Rav Yehuda, and then we'll explain each one. People do make mistakes in time, but only small mistakes. And and according to that, no, you, you do make a mistake in time. Rabbi Huda says people are, we're normal, we're, we're regular people. We normally make a mistake about an hour, maybe an hour and a couple of minutes, but not much more than that. Now, how do we understand each of each of these opinions within Abai number two? Ladibi Reb Meir, three lines from the bottom. Ladibi Reb Meir, Adam Tovamasha, who, according to, to Abai number two, whose understanding from the Mishnah and Sanhedrin is that people do make small amounts of small time mistakes when trying to guess the time. Maisa ki hava, what actually took place? When did it take place? O besof shtayim hava, o betchilas shalosh. It happened either at the end of the second hour, a few minutes before uh, eight, or it happened at the end of the, uh, at the, at the beginning of the third hour, a few minutes after nine. So it could be a 10 minute spread. We don't know which one, it, which one it actually was. And one of you guys is off by 10 minutes. We don't know who. This is considered an acceptable testimony in the eyes of Rav Meir. People have a deviation in time of about 10 minutes. Now, what did Abai number two, Abai second approach, understand for Rabbi Huda? Rabbi Yehuda, now we're on the last line that Aleph Bez, according to Rabbi Huda, Adam Toesh Show Mashahu. Yes, uh, he says that uh, people make a mistake of about an hour. Maisa Kihava, when was the capital crime actually done? Obisof Shalosh, Obit Chilas Chamesh. It happened at the end of the third hour. It either happened at 8.45 or it happened at 10.15, the end of the third hour or the beginning of the fourth hour. So it's an hour plus. That is a normal deviation. And he still says that the crime is a reasonably, that the crime, the deviation in time is close enough to say that the edus is kosher. So I'm aid, I'm aid number one. And I say it happened at 8.50 in the morning. And you're aid number two. And you say it happened at 10.05 in the morning. So says Rabbi Yehuda, that's still considered a valid set of witnesses because the deviation is in the, in the one hour range, which was acceptable to him. One of the people, we're now on the top of your basement, all of somebody's wrong. So then what happened is Ozal Rav Huna Rav Yehuda, Rav Huna Rav Yehuda heard these two versions of Abaye. He heard these two expressions of how to understand Rav Meir and Rav Yehuda from the Mishnah and Sanhedrin, and he shared them uh, with Rava. Amra l'shmaitisa kamei Rava. Rava heard this. He's like, hold on one second. We have a very, very, very basic law when it comes to capital crimes. Crimes that in halacha are punishable by death. We have a very important halacha that Abaye has seemingly ignored. And not only is it, is it ignoring it, but it's halachically asr. You were mavatal the mitzvah of trying to save someone's life. And you might have killed someone incorrectly. How so? So says Rava as follows. Third line. Omar. What did Abaye say? Uh, one, one of the versions of Abaye, for example, was that Rav Meir says that it was the end of the second hour and the beginning of the third, which is like no time apart. And therefore the guy is going to be put to death because my witness, my, my testimony counts. So says the Gemara, and Rav is arguing against Abaye, but what if you're wrong? 
what if it wasn't the end of the second and the beginning of the third? What if it was the beginning of the second and the end of the third? Then according to Rav Meir, your testimony should be, you should be batel, should be ignored. But you're going to put someone to death based on the assumption that it was the end of the second hour, beginning of the third, when the Mishnah doesn't stipulate that? Rav is like, what? He's like incredulous a little bit. He's like, I don't understand. If I would have made a different inference with Rav Meir or with any of these, any of the versions of uh, of Abaye, maybe we would have said that instead of saying that everything was right near the change of the hour and there's really little time you know, to change over, maybe they're further apart and the Eidos should be Batel. But if you don't do that and you go with like Abaye said, you could end up killing someone which really the testimony was false because the deviation of time was too large. So that's what Rava says here. The Havi Eidus Mukhreshes, really, these two people, their Eidus from the two, the pair, Aid one and Aid two, witness one and two, they, they conflict against each other. Their testimony should be thrown out. The Lokatulina, we wouldn't kill someone on that case. The Ananeku Viniktoni Sveka. Because you want to read the Mishnah in Sanhedrin in a way where we say, instead of saying that it's the second hour and the third hour and there's an hour again, we say, no, 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 no. We meant, we meant in 8.59 and 9.01. So narrow, so close in time. Why? Why are you saying that? You're going to kill someone. Your testimony is only valid if you're two minutes apart. But if you look at that Mishnah and say the second hour doesn't mean the end of the second hour. I mean, it's the beginning of the second hour and the end of the third. Now we're 120 minutes apart. That means if my Aegis is beginning of second hour and yours is end of third, that's Aegis HaKhasha. We, we, we conflict with each other. Our Aegis is thrown out. So Rabbi says to Abaye, you're going to literally kill someone with false testimony the way that you just understood the Mishnah and Sanhedrin. So Rava says, absolutely not. And he quotes a Pasuk to support his own cause. V'rachmana Amar, we know that we have a Pasuk in the Torah. The Pasuk says, V'shavtu, V'shavtu ha'edah, uh, that's not the right Pasuk. Yeah, it's V'shavtu ha'edah is the beginning of the Pasuk. And then the rest of the Pasuk reads uh, later, V'hitzilu ha'edah, to drasha. That we make every effort not to kill someone in Basin. We don't want to do capital punishments. Skila, Sreva, Harag, and Chenek are terrible. And that's why elsewhere in Shas, we've learned that a Beisdin Achzari, a cruel Beisdin would kill someone once in 70 years. It was extremely rare. You needed a perfect storm. Everything had to go perfectly wrong to kill someone in Beisdin. And this is an example of being irresponsible about it, says Rava. You made an inference in a Mishnah that literally could kill someone incorrectly. So therefore, Rav gives his own answer, his own explanation about what Rav Meir and Rav Yehuda meant in the Mishnah in Sanhedrin. We're eight lines down, Yud Beis Amad Aleph. Rav says, we haven't spoken about Vidikas Chametz yet. We'll get there on the next Amad, but just stay with, stay with the question. It's a long one. Rav, how must we understand the Mishnah in Sanhedrin? Ledivrei Rav Meir. What is the Shita of Rav Meir? What does Rav Meir really hold? Adam Toe, Shtei Sha'os Chaser Mashu. People really make a mistake of two hours. Do you know why he's saying that? Because in the Mishnah in Sanhedrin that we have on the Amud on the Amud Beis and Yudalaf Amud Beis, it says that according to everyone, if I say as witness number one that the crime took place at hour two, and you say that the crime took place at hour three, what is the most way, the most time that could exist between hour two and three? It's the beginning of two and the end of three, 120 minutes, or well, just about. And that's why, says the Gemara, says Rava, that Ladibri Rev Meir Adam Chaser Mashu. Really, he's going to say that the, the amount of time of deviation that a person can have is up to two hours. It's really, let's call it 
one hour and 59 minutes. Okay. And the Divi Rabbi Huda, what would Rabbi Huda hold? Rabbi Huda is even more lenient. Rabbi Huda is of the opinion that, I uh, lost my spot here. The Divi Rabbi Huda, Adam Toes Shalosha is Chaser Masha, that really he would hold three hours minus a little bit. Okay, let's explain. Uh, let's finish explaining Rava. We'll take a brief uh, break to look at the at the sheet for a second. Ledivre Reb Meir. How does Rava understand Reb Meir the two hours? Adam Toeshte shows Chaser Mashu. How does he work out that um, Reb Meir holds up to two hours? That a normal deviation in time is up to two hours? Says the Gemara. Maisa When did the capital crime take place? either at the beginning of the second hour or the end of the third, which is one hour and 59 minutes apart, approximately. One of the Adam was off. He made a mistake. From the word Taos, he made a mistake. Of two hours minus a little bit, an hour and 55 minutes, whatever the number is. And how did Rava understand Rabbi Yehuda from the Mishnah and Sanhedrin that we're working off of? Halfway down in Yudbeis and Aleph, Ledivrei Rabbi Yehuda, Adam Toes Shalos Shalos Chaser Mashu. Really, the deviation could be up to three hours. Maisa Kihava, when did the capital crime take place according to Rabbi Yehuda? Because that was the case where he said that even though we deviate by, by two hours, aid number one says it happened in hour three. Aid number two said it happened in hour five, as the Mishnah in Sanhedrin quotes. So he says, go from the beginning of hour three to the end of hour five. That's all of hour three, all of hour four, and all of hour five. That's up to three hours. And that's why, says Rava, the Rabbi Huda holds up to three hours. And any one person could have made a, could have made a mistake in math up to three hours. Okay. So if we look at the sheet for a second, there are three sheets. I made one tiny error here in bullet point number three with Rava. It should not be two plus hour discrepancy. It should be two minus hour discrepancy. I'll change that uh, for the Google Doc. But Thank you. But these are, I'm so glad you're uh, capturing all of the details. It's uh, perfect. So that's what the Gemara says here. Abai number one, Abai number two, and Abai number three. We rejected Abai one and two. We will see it again later in the Gemara uh, in order to flesh it out. But we now, for the next Amud or so, are going to learn within the world of Rava. And Rava had a great argument, which was Abaye, you're going to kill somebody, and that's dangerous. You cannot make an assumption within the Mishnah in Sanhedrin that it's always at the closer amount of time. Maybe it's at the larger amount of time, and really, the Edus is a stira. Maybe the, the two Edim don't fit with one another. Good. This is all half number one of the question. Okay. Fell. So now what we've learned is that people have a standard deviation of time. According to Rav Meir, up to two hours, and according to Rav Yehuda, people can make a mistake up to three hours. Says the Gemara halfway down, Tanan, we have a Mishnah. Whenever we had an aid come to Beisdin, we would grill each of the two Adams separately, and we'd ask them a set of seven questions. These seven questions, if they were not answered, all seven of them, you were outright thrown out of court. Done. These seven things were an absolute minimum, and here's what they are. Be'eze Shavua, this word Shavua is representative of a Shemitah cycle, which Shemitah cycle out of the Yovel are we talking about? Question one. Question two, Be'eze Shana, which year of the Shemitah cycle? Be'eze Chodesh, which month of the year in the Shemitah cycle? Be'kama B'chodesh, what was the date of the month? Yud Zayin Kislev, what was the date of the month? Uh, okay, Be'eze Yom, what day of the week was it? Be'ezo Shah, what hour was it? And Be'ezo Makom, in what place? Where did it take place? If you don't answer all of these, you are simply not a witness. Now, in secular courts, that's not true. You walk in and you say, Tuesday afternoon, I saw this person do this. They said, what, exactly what time it was. Even if you're wrong, they're going to keep you in court because you saw something. Halacha says, no, 
No, the standard to put someone to death with capital crime is so high that we do what's called jerisha v'chakira. They grill you, they interrogate you in a legal way to make sure that you understand that you're doing something serious. You leave out one piece of information from these seven questions, done. Post can say, we don't know when Shemitah is nowadays. True, in Ochanami. Whatever the basic facts are, they have to be on the table. What color was the person uh, wearing? What car were they driving? All of that is in the second category, which we'll learn about in a minute. So it says the Gemara as follows. Vitanya, the Brysa writes on this Mishnah. This is the Mishnah that describes the seven questions. The Brysa writes, Ma ben chakiros abdikos. What's the difference between chakiros, these fundamental seven questions, and bedikos, other types of questions to capture other details? Says the Gemara, two lines before the wide lines, chakiros, with, the, with these fundamental questions, says the Gemara, Omar echad men eni odea edusim betela. If anybody says, I don't know the answer, what day of the week it is, what date it was, you're done for. There is no more edus, you're thrown out of court. Your testimony is not relevant. Bedikos, when it comes to all of the other details beyond these core seven questions, what color was the shirt? What kind of car were they driving? Whatever the other details are that are not the chakiros, but the bedikos, the more simple questions. I don't know what color shirt he was wearing. I couldn't tell. There we still say, and when we analyze this distinction between chakiros and bedikos, why is it the case? Says the Gemara, what's the difference between them? Um, so says the Gemara, we would explain the difference between chakira questions and bedika questions as follows. Chakiros, why do we say with these core seven questions that if you don't answer one, there's no, there's no testimony at all? Six lines from the bottom. We're not going to go into detail now. We're very short on time. But the Gemara basically says that you're not, your core testimony has to be refutable. It has to be refutable by another set of witnesses. And the way we refute another set of witnesses is with an argument called imanu hayisem. You can't be a witness because you were with me in this place at that time. But if you're missing any of these seven questions, it's not possible to bring a contradicting pair of witnesses. And therefore, if you don't answer all seven questions, you're not eligible to be a witness. But Bidiko, six lines from the bottom, that is something where someone can say, you're wrong, the shirt was yellow, the shirt wasn't blue. Good. Let's continue. And if, Rava, you're going to say that people make all of these mistakes, two hours for Rav Meir, up to three hours for Yehuda, then how does it work? I don't understand. You're saying, Rav Meir says something crazy. Rav Meir says you can have a two-hour deviation, or Rav Yudah says you're going to have a three-hour deviation, but I... Well, that should be a kasha. That should be a contradiction in terms. If I'm witness one and I say it happened at hour three and you're witness two and it happened at hour five, that should be the end of the conversation. You've, you've assumed such a massive inclusion of error. It's such a large amount of time. Says the Gemara, the Yahavina Lahu Kule You're right. We factor in this error. This error is woven into the din that we assume, according to Rav Meir, that people make up to a two hour error in time and someone else will make a three hour error in time, according to Yehuda. And now, how do, how do we plug in Rava into this new construct of time? Now we know, now we know because one of the questions of the Chakiros was, what time did it happen? How does Rava explain Rav Meir Rav Yehuda in this regard? Says the Gemara, four lines from the bottom. Rav Meir, Yahavinan lehu mitchilas shalishona ad sof chamesh. This is a little nuanced. Rav Meir, who in the Mishnah in Sanhedrin was talking about a case where aid one said hour two and aid 
uh, and aid two, aid one said that the crime happened in hour two, and aid two said that the crime happened in hour three. So then that means that each person can be off by up to two hours. Ubedin, who really, it shouldn't just be that the range of time is one to five, like it says here, shall we show not so chamesh. Really, it should have been more because witness number one said hour two. We shouldn't have gone back only to hour one. He could have made a two hour error in any direction. We should have gone back to sunrise. But we can't do that. We should have gone back earlier for witness number one, but we can't because why? People don't make a mistake from before Netachama to after. Before the sunrise is to after. That just means you're not paying attention. You're not a good witness at that point. Well, the Rebbe Yehuda, Rebbe Yehuda, who's, who's first witness said it happened in hour three, and a second witness happened, said it happened in hour five. So then the span of error is even larger. He has a six-hour span when things can go wrong. The span of error is so large, really, we should have gone earlier than Shabishona. But for the same reason, by Rav Meir turning to the top of Yabez, but no one's going to ever make the error of saying from before sunrise to after. No one's going to do that. So the range of error is only from hour one to hour six. But the hours should be even later in the day. Why don't we say the hour is good? If, if, if witness number two said that the crime happened at, five, at the fifth hour of the day, what's three hours? It should be up to hour eight. Should be up to hour eight. It doesn't work that way. We should have given him more time, but we don't need to because uh, at the fifth hour of the day, once we get to that point, even though in theory, the, the margin of error is three hours, but it's not relevant because anyone who says that, that hour five is, that's on the different side of the sky. So we don't mess around with that. That we just assume no one would make that mistake. Good. Now we've learned all, everything we need to know to ask the question that the Gemara has been intending to ask for the last 50 lines. And at this point, we should at least have a remnant of a clue. Let's dig in. Third line, Yud Beis Beis. It's not in the Mishnah writes, our Mishnah from Yud Aleph Beis that we learned a day ago. The Mishnah writes, Rav Meir Omer, in regards to the Isser de Rabbanan of Chametz, Ochlen Kol Hei, we are allowed to eat Chametz in the fifth hour of the day. Vesorfen Bitchilas Vav, where we have to burn Chametz in the beginning of the sixth, and we're not allowed to eat Chametz at that time, Isser de Rabbanan. And then, um, and then the Isser de Rabbanan kicks in at the end of the sixth hour. What does Rabbi Huda hold? Rabbi Huda Omer, Ochlen Kol Dalid. You can eat all of the fourth hour, but Vitolen Kol Hei, we have a second Isser hour. We're not allowed to eat chametz on the fifth hour of the day. And we burn it in the sixth hour and we cannot, cannot eat it in the sixth hour. So then uh, that's what our Mishnah said. So now the Gemara said, was basically asking the following question. If it's true, according to Rav Meir, that people make an error of two hours in time, so then why does Rav Meir only add one hour for the Isser Durabanan of not eating chametz on Erev Pesach? And if Rav Yehuda says that the standard deviation of the human being is three hours, then why does he only have two hours of the Isser Durabanan of not eating chametz on Erev Pesach? What we're learning from the world of Edus is that the standard deviation of Rav Meir is two hours. People make that much, that much of an error in time. And the standard deviation in time, the mistake is up to three hours for Rav Yehuda. That doesn't align with the mission of Dikas Chametz. Let's dig in. And now we're going to go through all of the opinions that we that we have on the page here. Le'abaye, it may, may help to keep it at the side. It depends what type of learning style you have in your head. Le'abaye, fifth, sixth line, you'd base mid-base. According to Abaye, Aliba de Reb Meir de Amar Ein Adam Toev Lo Klum. This is Abaye number one that we learned a while ago, this, uh, earlier today. So if if people don't make a mistake, Reb Meir, then why did you make it usser in the sixth hour? Nechul Kulashis. 
you should be able to eat the whole sixth hour until a minute before chametz. After all, Rav Meir, people don't make mistakes. So if people don't make mistakes with time, this is Abayi number one, then we should be able to eat up until the minute that chametz kicks in midaraisa, which is the beginning of the seventh hour. Ulahach and even according to Abayi number two, who says that within Rav Meir, that yes, people do make a mistake of a few minutes, fine, then Necholat Sofshis, then wait until the end of the sixth hour, go six hours and 55 minutes. People only make small mistakes in time. But why did you make all of the sixth hour usser? You say, Rav Meir, within Abaye one and two, that the deviation is either zero or very little. Why did you add a whole hour of Isser Derabana? And as well for Rabbi Yehuda, Abaye, Aliba Rabbi Yehuda, going back to Abaye number one, what did Rabbi Yehuda say there? Damar Adam Toa According to Rabbi Yehuda, within Abaye number one, people only make a mistake of a half hour, then you too. You said the whole fifth hour was us or two. But if people only make a deviation, make a mistake in time by 30 minutes, we should be able to eat hummus until six and a half hours into the day because people only make a mistake with time up to 30 minutes. And according to Abayi number two, and even if you want to say Abayi number two, that Rabbi Yehuda holds that a person makes a mistake of an hour and a little bit, subtract an hour and a little bit from the Zman Isr Darais of Chametz. That begins at the end of the sixth hour. Subtract an, uh, an hour and a little bit. So end of the fifth hour. So why still? I don't understand, Rabbi Yehuda, why are you being so machmir? That a whole extra hour. None of your deviations make any sense. And now uh, the Gemara is going to answer these questions before we get to Rabbah. This is only the Abaye questions. Says the Gemara, according to Abaye, you're right. You're right. You can't learn anything from the last 60 lines of Gemara. You can't compare Adus, the deviation in time of Adus to Chametz. Why not, says the Gemara? Omar Abaye. Adus Mesurilah's reason. The people who will qualify to be Azaris, they're like type A people, right? They kind of they, they, everything is checked off. Every box is good. They're type A personalities. And they're only a certain profile who will make a good aid. Not everyone's good at it. Some people pay better attention. But Hamid Lakol Masur. No, this is for the masses. It's like in public policy. You got to think of the masses. You got to think of the masses. But when it comes to the individual, uh, the, the mindset of the person who's going to be an aide, he's considered a Zaris. Therefore, says Avaye, everything I said over there by Aegis may well be true. But it doesn't come over here. We can't ask our questions against Chametz because by Chametz, says the Gemara, Abai's whole whole world of comparison. There is no intersection. This language I wrote here in, in the sheet. There is no intersection of the laws of witnesses as it relates to Chametz. But that's only Abai. Now let's dig into Rava, who we hold like. We're a quarter of the way down. Oh, we're totally not going to finish tonight. The Rava. Aliba de Rav Meir, Rava, remember that Rava said about Rav Meir, that a person can make a deviation of two hours. So then, according to Rava, Rav Meir said that the only Isser is the fifth hour. Uh, sorry, that the only Isser of eating is in the sixth hour. But if people make a two hour deviation, then you shouldn't be allowed to eat from the fifth hour. Answers the Gemara, don't worry. Yes, you're right. It's correct, says Reb Mayer, that people have a two-hour deviation. But here it doesn't apply because what we say about the fifth hour? We've said it twice already. Here's the third time. Hey, No one will make that error. We know, we know what the fifth hour looks like in the sky. Okay. If what you're saying is that the, the, the fifth hour, no one makes a mistake with, then and that's why that's why you have no Isr Dirabun in there. Well, maybe no one will make a mistake in the sixth hour either. 
Says the Gemara, Amar Ada Bar Abba, Shis Yoma Bikarnasakai. Shis, the sixth hour, Yoma Bikarnasakai, Rashi here on the side explains that the sun is right above you and will, will very quickly tilt in one direction toward the west, and therefore we don't mess around with that either. That was all Rava within Rav Meir. According to Rava, who says that there's a three-hour deviation in time, what did Rav Yehuda hold in our Mishnah and Yudalaf Umid Not the Mishnah on Sanhedrin, our Mishnah, Bar Chamed. He said, fourth hour is permissible to eat, fifth and sixth are off limits. He said that there's two hours of Yisra Darabonin. But if you believe that people make a three-hour error, you shouldn't be able to eat in the fourth hour either. So that's what the Gemara says. Uh, the Gemara says... You shouldn't be able to eat in the fourth hour either. Why did you say it was allowed? So answer the Gemara. First of all, the fifth hour, hey, Chama b'Mizrach, the Sheva Chama b'Marav, the Kol Dalid. No one's going to make a mistake of five hours or earlier. It's so low in the sky. So let's just pretend that I am the horizon here. Uh, the sun rises. Hour one, two, three, four, five, and six. Five's kind of close. But even there, the Gemara says people don't make a mistake. Four? Kolshikin. Don't worry about it. That's so far away from the middle that we don't have to worry about it. So that's why uh, Rev Yehuda is not concerned about the fourth hour. Says the Gemara, nami But if what you're saying is that the fifth hour isn't concerning Rev Yehuda, so then why do you have an Isra Darabonin in the fifth hour? Then just say it's mutter to eat. You just said that five is fine and four is, uh, four is all the more so fine. So why does our Mishnah say the fifth hour is problematic for you? Why did you already begin the Isr Darabanan of eating chametz at the fifth hour? Says the Gemara, Tirgama Abaye, Aliva de Rava. This is interesting. Abaye answers for Rava. He answers this question for Rava. Here in this space, he gives the same answer that he gave him for himself. Edus Mesur Lizrizim, chametz Lakol Masur. He says that when it comes to hour five, at that point, no one's very good about it anymore. The, the masses are not good about hour five. It's too close to the center of the sky. They're not good about it. Okay, very good. But then the Gemara gives a different reason. It says, Rava Omar, Rava says back to Abaye, that's not, that's not why Rabbi Yehuda doesn't allow you to eat in the fifth hour. He gives a different answer. Rava Omar, really, it's all because Rabbi Yehuda follows his own sheet about the fifth hour. The only beer chametz that counts is burning food. So therefore, because you need to burn, you need fuel. So what are you going to do during the fifth hour? We give you the hour to get the fuel to burn the chametz because that's the only way the Rabbi Huda allows for Sreifa to take place is with, is with fire. So that fifth hour, it has nothing to do with people aren't good at telling time. That fifth hour is so that you have the time to go collect uh, some, some firewood to, to make a nice pyre and to build, a, build what you need to build in order to burn your chametz. Says the Gemara, that last answer does not resonate. When does Rabbi Yehuda hold that we have that Bir Chametz is only with Srefa? That's Shalobishas Biuro. Big Machlokas Rashi Tosos here. Take a look on your own time. Shalobishas Biuro. There's only some times when uh, Rabbi Yehuda holds that Srefa has to be done by Biuro. Aval Bishas Biuro. Hashbasaso Bechodavar. But at other times, he'll say that you can destroy it in any way you want. So therefore, you can't say the fifth hour is to collect, is to collect firewood. It's not. Because it's not always true that the fifth hour is going to need to be done by beer. Maybe you can pour bleach on it. Maybe you can flush it down the toilet. Fine. So therefore, the Rava pivots and explains the fifth hour in yet a different way. What we're concerned about is when there's a cloudy day. We can't see the sun. Therefore, we don't know where it is. 
And because the fifth hour is so close, so he's like, anything near the fifth hour, I'm sorry, that's where the Isra Rabbanon of Chametz kicks in, according to Rabbi Yehuda within Rava. Well, if you're concerned about a cloudy day with hour five, Ihachi, even though it's true that the fourth hour is even further away from the center of the sky, but maybe it's still a confusing hour. Ihachi, Maybe it would also be the case that by the fourth hour, we should also say you can't eat chametz because it's cloudy. We don't know where the sun is, and maybe it's too late in the day. So says the Gemara, Amara Papa, don't worry about it. Dalid The fourth hour of the day, everyone's hitting brunch. Everyone. That is the time to eat, fourth hour of the day. So again, assume a perfect day, 6 a.m., 6 p.m. So that means one hour is seven, two hours is eight. Three hours is nine. This is a 10 o'clock brunch, right? That's what the Gemara says. Everybody eats at that time. Says the Gemara, that's not true. What? Nine to 10 brunch. Is it nine to 10? Six is zero. Our one brings you to nine. Uh, our one brings you to seven. Whatever. It's a, yeah, it should be 10 o'clock, right? Fourth hour. I don't know. Okay, we'll discuss that later. Tanur Rabbanan. The rabbis say that this answer can't be right. People don't eat, eat brunch at the fourth hour. Tanur Rabbanan. Shari Shona, the first hour of the day is Machaludim, a group of people who would who would eat very early. Shnia, in the second hour of the day is Machalistin, the robbers. The early bird gets the worm. They'd wake up early, pack in a good breakfast, and then go go rob people. Shlishis, Michael Yorshin. That's the day when people, they had an inheritance, kick their feet off on, on, on the chase. Everything is good. You're good. Uh, Revis, the fourth hour is Machal Polim. We said the fourth hour should have been the time that everybody, that was our Papa's answer, why, why the fourth hour is safe, because everybody's eating. That's not what this Tosefta says. This Tosefta says something totally different. Not a Tosefta, it's a Brisa. Uh, and, the, and the Brisa continues, Hamishis Machal Tamid Chachamim, Chachamim wait till the fifth hour. Shishis Machal Koladam. And the sixth hour is when everybody else eats. So this contradicts what Rapapa said. And that's not correct. So answer, answer the Gemara, El Epoch. You got to switch it. Revis is really Michael Koladam. The, the Bryce is incorrect. It should say like Rapapa did, that the fourth hour is Michael Koladam. The fifth hour, Hamish is Michael Poalim. Shish is Michael Tamidichachamim. And the sixth hour is when the Tamidichachamim eat. That's lunchtime already. Mikan Elach. If a person waits to eat until after that, they haven't eaten in the whole morning. Kizorik Evan Lachemis. It's like throwing a rock into a well. Uh, it is that is a homily of sorts where it's not very good for you. You should make sure you eat breakfast. Famous Gemara Babakama, Shitin Rihute Rihad, 60 running people, Lomata Lachad Gafar Mitzafakara. They cannot catch the one guy who ate his breakfast. That's what the Gemara Babakama writes. Okay, well, what it means, we can learn about it in a couple of uh, years. I don't know when we're going to get there. We'll get there in a while, uh, but it's a long time, a long, long time away. So now we have our answer. Amra Bai, Lo Amran, when do we say that eating in the middle of the day is a problem? Uh, that's only true. That's if you haven't eaten anything all day. Nothing. If you ate something in the morning, no problem at all. Okay. We've asked our question. We've answered our question. We wanted to know, we wanted to know what the intersection was between the laws of how we view time deviations in Edus and how we apply that to our world here. And we've answered those questions on this page in regards to Abaye. We rejected the comparison outright. And with Rava, we answered the question in a very nuanced way uh, in the middle uh, aspect of this Amud. We're six lines from the bottom, five lines from the bottom. Amar Ravashi, Ravashi says something that's seemingly obvious. The machlokes that we have by Edus applies to Chametz as well. What does that mean? So according to the Rishonim here, what it means is that the standard deviation of error applies in both cases. It's just that there are different things going on over here than there are over there. By Edus, Rav Meir holds that, this, that the time error will be up to two hours, and Rav Yehud holds up to three hours. That's a psychology, and it applies here too. So it says the Gemara, well, Pshita, 
That's why we compared the two cases, because we assumed that Rav Meir and Rav Yehuda were speaking about a psychology of people, and that the error in telling time in the world of Edus should be the error of telling time over here too. So what are you trying to do, Pshita? That's why we made this comparison. The answers that we've given above, that there really are valid answers. And I don't want you to think, I don't want you to think that there's like a different set of psychological assumptions here. The psychological assumption of the world of Edus is an error, uh, is a time error of two hours for a mayor, three hours for a Yehuda. That applies here too. I, the numbers in the Mishnah about the Isra Darabonin of Hamas doesn't work out. That's true, but it's for extenuating circumstances. It's not because we don't believe in the psychology. Next, and the last sugya we're probably going to get to for tonight, says the Gemara, we are three, four lines from the bottom. Amar of Simi, Amar of Simi Barashi Loshan El This is only true what we've learned from hours that are taking place during the day. If one witness says that the capital crime took place before the sun rose, and one says it took place after, it could be a five minute difference. But before the sun breaks the horizon and after, you're an Amaharit if you can't tell the difference. That's, that's on you. Says the Gemara Pshita. Yeah, if the sun's not up, you can't tell that the sun's not up. Ella, uh, what must be the pshat in this statement of Rav Simi? Ella, echad omer kodem hanetzachama, ve'echad omer besoch hanetzachama. One said, aid number one said the capital crime took place at 655 when Netzachama was at seven. The other one said it was literally during Netzachama. And maybe we had a Havamina that it would be okay, says the Gemara, says the Gemara uh, that it's edusan beteva. That doesn't work. The, the, this is still canceled. Says Gemara, good hanami pshita. What? So what? You're either on the same page or you're not. You're either five minutes before. What does it mean during? As the rays are coming up, good. Then you're after the other guy. The other guy said it's before Nate. You're saying it's during. It's still, still that's obvious. Says the Gemara, what might you have thought? You might have thought as follows. Tarvaihu, maybe the case of Kodem Nates and Besoch Nates, maybe when one person said, when witness number one said it was before Netzachama and witness number two said it's during Netzachama, maybe we would have thought, Tarvaihu, both of them, Chad and Milsa The two of them are really saying the same thing. And says the Gemara, maybe we would have thought, that it's as the sun was coming up. Maybe we'd say it really wasn't the sun. It's just like right before the sun comes up, things look super bright on the horizon. Have a mina that it's really the same time that they are that they are not the same thing. Let's just do a drop before we close out. Uh, I mean, we're going to have too much to do on Shabbos. We pass in our Mishnah like Rabbi Yehuda that there are two hours of Isr of Achila. Our five and our six is an Isr de Rabbanan, which help us prevent us from the Isr de Oraisa of Chamas, which starts in hour seven. This is Halacha Lamais. We pass in this way. We have another reason to assume that the Halacha is like Rav Meir. Why? Because the Sasam Lantana Kavasei. We have another Mishnah that seems to have held like Rav Meir. What was the Mishnah? It's not kol lechol machil. Rashi here explains that we're talking about uh, feeding animals, and any hour in which you're able to feed an animal, you're also allowed to eat yourself. And this implies that even the fifth hour would be mutter to eat. Says the Gemara, you can't bring a raya from there. Hahi lav stamahu. That Mishnah is not a stam Mishnah. We're not going to learn today why that's the case. Mishum dikasha mutter, because the language of that Mishnah, which we're going to uh, learn on daf chafalif in another. In another week or so, that Mishnah had the word mutter in it, which actually made us learn that Mishnah that it wasn't actually like Rav Meir, and therefore we would uh, we would not follow him. 
So uh, just one last thing, and then we will stop for the evening. But maybe we should say, If you were to flip back to the Mishnah and Yeralef Amid Beis, you'll see three shitas. We have Rav Meir, Rav Yehuda, and we have Rabban Gamliel. So maybe we should pass him like Rabban Gamliel. Why are you saying the halacha is like Rav Yehuda? Says the Gemara, Amar Lei, Rabban Gamliel, Lav Machriyahu. He wasn't deciding between the two. He was actually simply explaining Rav Yehuda to say that Rav Yehuda, even Rav Yehuda, would allow for truma to be eaten during that fifth hour where things are being tolen. Uh, he was saying, Tam Denav He was just making an explanation. Um, yeah, and we'll just have to stop here. We're going to start on Shabbos from V'i Bois Ema on the top of Yud Gimel Amar Aleph, about 10 lines down. Sorry for the lengthy shear. Have a beautiful night. I'm going to start 11 a.m.